Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Raw Show with Michael McDonald and a very special guest. We have Nate Bailey in the, in the podcast today. Nate, f- thanks for being a guest on the show. Hey, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Nate is a lead trainer and lead coach inside the Prosperity Revolution. He's built multiple successful businesses in the areas of insurance and real estate starting out. He recently fulfilled his long-term dream of selling his insurance agency to become a full-time coach. And I'm sure we'll, we'll dive into a lot of the things that Nate's up to now. But could you share with us, Nate, your background, so where you were born and what it was like for you growing up? Yeah, you bet. So I was born in... Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and um, yeah, it was uh, my mom and my dad. I don't, I, I don't know my dad, and uh, <laughs> he he left at a very young age. He left uh, when I was like one and a half, and and I'm sure that has affected me and my life and my decisions uh, more than I give it credit sometimes because I don't often think about him until you just said like where was I born and and what what's my story um but yeah so my father my my biological father just has not been there in my life I think uh, last time I I saw him I was in second grade and uh the last time I spoke to him uh he called like randomly uh when I was like uh 14th or 15th birthday and we talked a few times then and then haven't heard from him or seen from him since but um yeah, so I, I graduated from college. I played I played football in college, bounced around a few times um, from college to college. Played junior college football, and then uh, went to a few different universities. Where ultimately I met my wife at the University of Wisconsin Eau Claire. Um, we ended up moving to Rochester and kind of have been in this area ever since. Um, I joined the military. Was the first lieutenant. Became an officer. Um, in 1999, so just after finishing playing college football, I was kind of looking for some direction for the ne- for that next challenge, and uh, so I decided to join the military and and did that. Um, I got married in 2001. Um, bounced around from from job to job, ended up in uh, finding out that I was. <laughs> a good salesman. And so I, I did a lot of different sales jobs and ultimately ended up in insurance. And right around that same time I got deployed, I got deployed to Kuwait, um, got attached to a, a different unit that I wasn't a part of. So when you get deployed, I was in the army national guard and a lot of times units will get deployed, but they don't have enough soldiers so that so that they start to pull from other units and so that's what happened to a lot of us we get pulled into this new unit this infantry company and and uh and so we got deployed and and sent to kuwait in 2000 end of 2005 so i was there for a year right and came came back and uh and in 2006 i came back like i said i had been gone we hadn't had any kids yet um, my wife was home working, taking care of the home and taking care of everything uh, that, that I would normally take care of, plus what, what she obviously out, uh, had done on her own. And, uh, and that's where things started really, I would say, almost uh, downward spiral for me for a while. Um, I came back from deployment. And when you're gone, when you're deployed, you spend, you spend a lot of time with your platoon. I was a platoon leader in charge of 42 men. And uh, 
we would, you know, had our job, our duties that we would do every day and a lot of time together to talk and talk about when, what it's going to be like when you get home, what are you going to do when you get home, what are you going to buy when you get home? And it's just, you feel like you're missing out and the days go really slow. Like when you're home for my wife, I'm sure they want time goes a lot faster than when you have a lot of time, uh, you know, in the desert on your own to think about it every single day. Right. So yeah. came home and had a pretty big sense of entitlement, wanting to party and make up for lost time to jump back into my business that I had, that I had put on the, the back burner for, for a year and uh, really, you know, made a lot of bad decisions as far as just uh, not, not realizing that I would need to reconnect with my wife that we couldn't just pick right up where we had left off like I thought we could and um, just started to create a lot of problems. I, I put a lot of time into, into my business and away from my family. And then we started to add kids to the mix. And, and uh, if you have kids, I think you understand that uh, it doesn't make marriage easier. It, it really only almost magnifies uh, <laughs> what's going on in your marriage before then. And so we, had, yeah. we st started to have a lot of issues there, right? Like what um, you know, parenting wise, parenting issues, parent, you know, she, I wasn't open to anything. She wanted to, you know, she w wanted me to read books or, or go to classes all, all for the, for great reasons so that we could be amazing parents to our kids. And I was just so resistant to it. I just was not open to any of it. And it just, again, our, our marriage just really got to a place um, where we were really, really close to divorce. And, uh, also in this time, like I said, I'm, you know, I'm drinking and I'm, I'm going out, uh, you know, having fun with friends. And again, it's all kind of coming out of being away for over a year. You, you get the sense of like, you know, life is short, enjoy it. And uh, that was kind of the mentality I came back with. And, uh, but I took it to the extreme and, and it really almost ruined me. You know, I, I wasn't working out when I got back. I was close to 300 pounds. I like, I was literally out of breath, bending over to tie my shoes. And at that point I'm like, what is going on here? Right. Um, and so it was really that all of that and coming back and, and where I was at and almost, hit, almost hitting this rock bottom or just knowing that this is not what I want, uh, knowing that I, that I want to choose, you know, my wife and my marriage and wanting to be there for my kids and not wanting someone else to rate, uh, be a father for my children and uh, realizing that there's got to be a better way that uh, about three years ago, I decided to start to go to work on myself. And so that's kind of led me to where I'm at today. So it's a long, long story on, on, uh, on me and kind of where, where I've come from to where I am today. Thanks for sharing that, Nate, because it's um, it's not often known or not often talked about, I guess, with, with people that, that are deployed and what the lifestyle is like and are coming back to the way things were. I mean, it can't have been, can't have been easy just for, for anybody to, to have that. But then the things that you shared about the, the parenting aspect and, and to trying to keep things the way they were and, and all those sorts of things, it's not, it's not something that, that a lot of people tend to share. So yeah, thanks for sharing that. Was there a moment when, when maybe you, you actually started to, to tip the balance towards trying to, to work on yourself? Which is so I'm obviously assuming that there, there is like a moment or a point when you were like, you know, things started to change, which, which is something that we all kind of understand. But was there a moment when you started to feel it shift towards the, the progress that you were making? 
Yeah. So, you know, life was just really, it was, you know, I don't know what the exact moment was other than I could just, like I said, I was, was extremely um, overweight and out of shape. Um, you know, uh, my marriage was literally like we were on the brink of divorce. It was just what saved myself and my wife and our marriage was the fact that never at one time were we both willing to throw in the towel, right? There were plenty of, I think there were plenty of times where um, one of us was ready to throw in the towel, um, but never was there a time where we both were, were willing to just say, screw it and, and move on. And, uh, you know, I, and, and then I start to just look at my life and, and the businesses I have, uh, at one point I had a CrossFit gym and as well as a full-time insurance agency. And so I'm just justifying all the time that I'm spending away from my, my wife and my kids and, uh, just realizing that I can't continue to live this way if, if I really truly want to get w- what I say that I want, which and what I'm telling myself that I want is I want a great marriage. I want to. I want a, an amazing relationship with my wife, right? We don't, I don't think we get married with the thought of having this shitty marriage. Um, we can, <laughs> you, you come in with the idea that, you know, you want, you truly want to be with this woman for the rest of your life. You want to have a great relationship. You want a best friend. You want to be, spend time together. Uh, you want to raise great kids together. And we were doing the exact opposite. We were just battling constantly and I didn't want it. I didn't know what the answer was, but, um, I knew that what I was doing wasn't get, getting me what I wanted and, and I at least was smart enough to realize that, that I needed to change, that I, didn't, that I wasn't going to try and change anyone else. I wasn't going to try and change my wife. I wasn't going to try and change anyone else but myself and focus on myself and just know that if I, if I do start to do things differently, consistently, intentionally over time, that uh, I'm either going to start to create the life that I want and not this perfect life, right? I, I, it's never perfect. And I realized that too, which is important. And, um, and just went to work on myself and continued to show up and do things. And, and, and I didn't get the responses that I had hoped for right away. Right. Like you start to do things, um, you know, you'll make small changes, whether that's you go on the diet for a few weeks and you expect to have these amazing changes in your body, or you start to send your wife messages daily basis for a week or two weeks and you expect them to send a message back. And when that doesn't happen in this short term period, the tendency for a lot of people is to say, screw it, it doesn't work. And I just didn't say screw it. I just continued to do it knowing that it was the right thing to do. And slowly um, I started to see some fruit, some results from these different uh, actions that I was starting to take inside my life in all areas uh, to, to get me closer to where I wanted to be. Was there any practices that you, you felt tipped the balance the most? Was there anything that you actually felt more? Cause there were some things that <clears throat> you might've tried that maybe you felt the benefits after the, the buildup maybe like, you know, after like you sort of build the momentum of the, the skill or the practice to the point where, then you were able to benefit from it. Was there anything that maybe you felt the benefit a bit more of a shorter term basis? Yeah. Um, it really all started with, you know, getting clarity on what I wanted and, and yeah, I mean, I started to see obviously 
drastic changes in myself. I mean, what I did to help me expedite it was as I invested in myself, I, I went out and found people that were living like I was and in, in, in invested in coaching, which is now what I do, right? For a full-time living as, as I coach, lead, train, speak others to create the life that they want, similar to the path that I was on three years ago. And so, yeah, so I invested in myself, but really I, I got clear on what I wanted. And, and as I started to take those actions, you know, so physically I started to see results um, a lot quicker, right? Because I was consistent and I, and I stayed on track. I, I followed the nutrition plan of the coach that I hired and, and I started to see results and started to, and people started to take notice. And that feels good when some people start to take notice and start asking you questions on how you did it or, or this or that. Um, inside of my business, I, I knew that I couldn't continue doing what I was doing, which was trying to run and operate a a full-time CrossFit gym on top of an insurance agency. And so I got rid of the CrossFit gym, which it wasn't an easy decision necessarily in the, in the moment, but, but was uh, made a huge impact on my life, not only financially, but, but inside of my relationships too, because I wasn't gone all the time. And so uh, I started to produce more, and uh, inside of the insurance business. And that kind of took off once I let go of the CrossFit gym, but it also impacted how I was showing up at home with my wife and my kids because I didn't have two full-time businesses that I was trying to operate at the same time. And um, so, yeah, I don't know if that answers the question, but. Yeah, I mean, it seems like there was a lot of things that you did, but it all does come down to, to investing in yourself and, actually getting help from someone that's been there before and done it and maybe is even living the life or having the business or the body or the dream that that you want i mean how important would you say it was to to model someone else's journey so that you maybe achieve what they've got a little bit faster it was it was a huge factor it was it was um because you know, it's just the realization that what I was doing, trying to do it on my own, you know, I've, I've always been a big reader and into personal development, but I was always the guy, right, that would collect all this information and never do anything about it. And, and uh, so I was committed to changing. And so, yeah, it was, it was finding those out there that had a system in place that I could just plug into and follow. And, and if I, I knew that if I did what they told me to do, um, that I would get results because I could see the results inside of their lives. And uh, so, yeah, it was, uh, it, you know, it was, it was huge. It, it just, it catapulted me to where I wanted to go faster than I was going on my own. Really collapsed time. Ah, so it's, it, it sounds like you just get there a lot faster then. Is it, is it as easy as just copying their journey, but you obviously learn from their mistakes or learn from their experience as well? Is it, is it, as, is, easy, is it as simple as copying them or is there a bit more to it in terms of how your journey would look in, in comparison to those people? Well, I would say, yes, it is that simple, but it's not that easy, right? Because it's, it's that simple. If you, if you literally do, if you re- literally were to plug into the system and do exactly what, um, 
you're supposed to do every day, right? To get what you want. It's like doing the required work necessary to get what you want. We talk about inside of our programs and uh, about commitment and being committed. If you're truly committed to getting what you, you're going to get, do what you say you're going to do. You, you do the required and necessary actions to get what you want. And you act decisively in spite of thoughts, feelings, emotions, and moods. And, and so, if, so it is really literally that simple. I just realized that it's not that easy because a lot of people are not, have been programmed to not live that way for a long time. That's, I was pro, I pro, programmed myself not to live that way. I, could, I would talk about what I wanted all day long, but yet I was never willing to do the work. And then, you know, you have like Stephen Pressfield, right? He talks about the book, uh, uh, The War of Art, The Resistance. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. those thoughts, feelings, emotions, and moods that pop up every single day that, that get in the way of us taking the action we know we need to take to do what we want. And so I, I still deal with that stuff today. I dealt with it the entire journey over the last three and a half years. I was just so focused and clear on what I wanted and why it mattered to me that I, that I, that I was committed, that I, that I do do what I say I'm going to do, that I do what's required to get it, that I act on the days that I don't want to, don't feel like it. It's raining today. Um, I have to go for a run. I told myself I was going to go for a run. I'm going to run. Like it doesn't matter if it's raining or not. Uh, and it's, so it's, I guess it's that mentality and, and I, that's where people fall short. If they truly plug into the system to answer your question, yes, they're going to get the results that they desire. The problem is, is not everybody's committed at a level 10 to, to what they truly want. And so a lot of people sit and talk about what they want all day long for years and years and years until finally they look back and they're like, holy shit, you know, two thirds of my life is over and I never actually did what was required to get what I wanted. So what, what would you say to someone then that maybe isn't sure what they are prepared to commit to? So from my sort of understanding is people are very committed to the right things, things that are important. You mentioned like why, why things mattered. You know, if you find something that, that matters to that individual person, they're more likely to, to be committed. But what if they're not at a place where they really understand what they want to commit to? Like they're not really sure what matters to them enough to be that committed you know do whatever it takes go for the run in the rain and you know there's so much that can get in the way that sometimes it, it feels at least to me because from my own experience it's like if it matters then all the stumbling blocks that can prevent you from doing the thing that you know you should probably do because it matters you, you'll still do those things you'll still you'll still do the actions because they matter but there are people out there that haven't got that because they've not quite found what matters to them so what would you say to those people yeah i would say if it's important to you you'll take the time to figure it out and that's what a lot of the men and women that we work with have just never actually taken the time to figure it out. Like to actually sit down and get clear on what you want, like to get the old journal out and start to write it out. You know, we, we talk about the path. And so it's, it's deciding what it is that you want, creating yourself in a way that would allow you to see yourself differently 
see yourself as someone that could actually be that person, right? Um, you know, when I, 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 uh, I trained for this event, it's called Seal Fit Kokoro, and it's ran by um, retired and active duty Navy SEALs. And, and they model it after Hell Week. And, and if you're not familiar with what Hell Week is, is to become a Navy SEAL, they, they go through this week called Hell Week, which is basically they put them through the ringer physically, emotionally, mentally for a week straight with no sleep. I believe they get like 45 minutes of sleep and it's it's literally a living hell and that's the reason they call it hell week and they're trying to weed out the weak they want the elite of the elite of the elite that become navy seals and so there's this program called uh, seal fit kokoro where it's it's modeled after that but it's only two days so it's 52 plus hours uh, no sleep and when i signed up i was 275 pounds i knew there was no way in heck that I was going to show up at 275 pounds and make it through this. Uh, the standards that were required that they set physically for you to um, even earn the right to see if you can finish and see what you see if you have what it takes to complete this 52-hour event are are high. And at 275 pounds, I was not going to be able to do that. So I had to create myself. Like, who do I have to become? I knew that I'd have to lose a bunch of weight. I knew that I'd have to, you know, run X amount and do you know, push-ups and pull-ups and just create this entire plan for myself for what, what we call the path. Create the path to get me from where I am to where I want to be. And along that path, you create yourself powerfully into the person you need to become to, to be successful. You get clear on what you want, why it matters. So yeah, that holy cause that we call it, this, this reason so deep-rooted inside of us that no matter what, we are going to do what's required because we have this holy cause. You know, for me, it's I'm going to lead by example for my kids because I know that if I don't lead them and show them what it's like to, to set big goals and then to actually do the work required to accomplish it, that someone else is going to set that example for them. And as a father, I'm not going to approve of this person, right? They're going to be, they're going to take lead from someone in their life. I prefer it to be me. And so I just take you down this path. You create this, what you want, why it matters, and then you define what's required. You actually list out what would I take? What would I have to do to accomplish this? And for me inside of Kokoro was I hire a nutritionist, lose 45 pounds, run a half marathon in my training, you know, hike X amount of miles with a 40 pound pack on my back. And, uh, you know, every day do body weight drills and and bear crawls and sandbag drills and, and all of this and what's required. So, all right, this is what's required. Now it's decision uh, time. Am I willing to do what's required or not? And that's like, that's the moment right there. Are you willing to do everything that you just defined or not? If you're not, you got to go back to the beginning and start over. And if you are, you just, you do what we talked about inside of commitment. You commit, and then you complete. You don't stop until you finish. You don't stop. You just keep going. You keep showing up. You keep sending the messages to your wife, even though she's not giving you any response for months and months on time because I dug such a big hole for myself in the beginning. But I'm not going to stop because I'm committed to the relationships with marriage that I truly want. Sounds good. I mean, it, it's um, well, well, one of the things that really stood out for me, at least, was that there were people out there that, that, 
are very similar to yourself that will figure it out. They will just do whatever it takes because what they want matters to them, whereby it's almost like it doesn't matter what it takes because you'll, you'll do it anyway. And then there are people that, as you say, would, would list out this, what would it take to get there? And, and then they ask that question of, are you willing to do what's required? Because so some people, they have these goals and ambitions, but then when they write out what is required, they then sort of shy away and turn away. Like the idea of, of going back again and then redoing it. Have you had someone <clears throat> that's had to do that? Had someone that's, that's gone through the process and gone, are you willing to do what's required? And he's gone, mm, probably not. And then have they had to go back through it again and do it? I mean, what's that experience like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we all probably know someone where there's just been something in their life that's, that's happened, right? Maybe is loss of a loved one. Maybe it was just finally getting to a point where you're sick and tired of not being able to pay your bills and collectors like knocking on your door or, or calling you at, at all moments of the day, uh, you know, have a negative balance in your bank account or you get cancer or someone close to you gets cancer or whatever it is. There's just something that happens to where it, sh it makes this huge shift for you. And, and uh, for a lot of people, it could be physically, like they get, they're just tired of being overweight or you know, having aches and pains or whatever it is. And so they, a shift happens and they're just like, nothing's gonna stop them from changing their lives, from changing their body. Or maybe it's, you know, nothing's gonna stop them from going and uh, never having to worry about whether they can put food on the table for their kids again. And so, they just, they have this, they don't know what it is, but, but really what they have is just this huge holy cause that's been created for themselves to get them to go out and do it. But, so I think we've all been there, you know, in one area of our life or another at some point in time. Um, but it's to get to the point where you are doing that in all areas of life consistently. And so, yeah, we've had plenty of men and women that are coming through our program. We run them through the path. They define everything that's required and they realize that they don't really want to do that. But what normally happens is they lie to themselves when they're doing the process and say, yep, I can do that. And then they, they get into it. They're a month into it. They're two months into it. And we start to ask them, Hey, what's up? What's going on? We listed all this out. You said you're going to do it. Where's the progress? How are you doing? And uh, they start to come up with excuses on why they didn't do it or why they're not doing it or why they aren't where they said they would be. And it's really at that moment for many where they realize that it just wasn't important enough for them to change. It's not important. It doesn't hurt enough for them to do what was required to get what they actually wanted. And so it's usually not right away in the moment when they're going through the process because they're not willing to be truthful enough with themselves to say that, you know, they're not willing to do that. So it's usually comes a week or two weeks or a month or two months later when they haven't taken the action and we start to question and call them on it that they're like, yep, yeah, I'm just, it's just, it doesn't mean it. It just doesn't hurt enough for me to do all of this that I listed out. And so that's when we would go back with them and uh, create a new path for them. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I can definitely see how, how that could be the case. I mean, maybe people tend to think that they can do something before they then actually 
try to do it like say oh yes okay I, I can run two marathons or or I, I can do this extra long Ironman over 24 hours and and they actually get into it and realize how how hard maybe it can be and then they think maybe I can't do it or, or maybe it's a case of like they don't keep going before it then starts to maybe get a bit easier that like you start to adapt to the demands of whatever it is that you're you're trying to do and then it then becomes easy enough for you to then then sort of get to that point where you can keep doing it you know that the the consistency tends to tends to get easier to accomplish the more the more you do it and i've i've noticed at least in my own experience that there are people that that struggle to get to the point when it starts to get a bit easier but then some sometimes it's like people it's like the old sort of catchphrase at the moment around people that run their own businesses and people who are entrepreneurs is not everyone can be an entrepreneur because of how hard it is but the barrier for entry at the minute is is zero right and anyone anyone can do it so at what point would you sort of use that similar analogy along the lines of the barrier to start being low, but then the moment when you feel like you can actually do it and do it well is, is so far above that, that there is some people can make the jump or not. Yeah, we, we talk all the, all the time about just hitting singles, just taking little steps each and every day. If, if, if you are barely, you know, making a thousand dollars a month. It's it's not logical for you to go out and say that in the next ninety days I wanna I wanna create ten million dollars in revenue inside of my business, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. And but you know, there can be people that will do that, right? Yeah. Um, I just I just attempted a hundred mile run, and um, it was June second. A few weeks ago and I signed up for it three months beforehand and and the furthest I had run before that was a marathon um, and that was in 2008 when I did my Ironman and um, and so it was aggressive really aggressive but I also had been showing up a certain way for a few years now to where um, you know I wanted to give it a go and uh, I fell short I fell short more because of lack of preparation and not paying attention to the details inside of, uh, I missed a cutoff time by a few minutes. Um, and I missed the cutoff time because we thought we, we, we thought we had more time than we really did. And, uh, I was, I was taking my time trying to conserve energy so that I could complete the hundred miles. And, and, uh, I got cut off at mile 63 and, uh, it was because I wasn't prepared. I didn't know what the, um, what the cutoff time was. And also, had I um, been in better shape, like been able to run a little bit faster throughout those first 63 miles, it wouldn't have been an issue. So it was, it was a few things, right? It was me kind of biting off a little bit more than I could chew in, in a three-month time to get ready for it. And also not being prepared just from, like the information was there. It was available. It's not like they were hiding what the cutoff times were. We just weren't prepared and didn't know what that was. And uh and so, you know, details matter. And that when you go back to the path, um, you know, being as specific and detailed as possible is going to set you up for success. And then also it's like, um, it was aggressive. It was going to take a lot of things falling in line for me to, to hit a hundred miles. And because the furthest I had ever ran before that was 26. So, 
Um, so yeah, it kind of goes back to that, like wanting to do these big, great, exciting things, uh, without laying the foundation beforehand, um, can end in the result that I got just a few weeks ago, more times than not. And so, yeah, so it's hitting singles, just taking small steps every single day and, uh, just continuing to get little progress, uh, stacked on top of each other. And before you know it, you look back and you've come a long ways just taking small steps every day. How important is this, this foundation that you, you mentioned, like um, making sure you lay the foundation. Is there anything that you can pinpoint that would be within the foundation? So my, my sort of first instinct are like, um, it's almost like character traits or personality traits or certain ways of carrying yourself that might ripple across in like, no matter what situation you're in. That's how I would sort of see like as a foundation, but uh, I could be wrong on that, obviously. So how, how would you look at the, the foundational things that has helped you? Yeah, I look at the foundational things as, uh, you know, kind of like your daily routine, right? Um, do you have a daily routine or, or do you not? And a lot of people go through life and just kind of wake up and roll out of bed, you know, a few minutes before they have to leave the door and they, they head out, they go into their day and it's just all reaction mode. Um, you know, I, I think you build a, a great solid foundation by being intentional and proactive, proactive inside of your life by having daily rituals and routines inside of your day that you do every single day to help you get these small little wins that I was just talking about. And the more you do that, the more consistent you are, um, the more solid your foundation and your base is going to be so that you can go out and accomplish these great big things over time. Um, but we don't do them all at once, right? You don't eat the, the elephant in one bite, as they say, you, no. you eat one bite at a time. And so, yeah, but it's, it's showing up consistently daily, every single day over a long period of time. And I'm to the point where it's, it's just a part of who I am. It's not, it's not this, I'm going to do this for six months and then I'll be good for the rest of my life. It's just a part of who I am forever. I quite like it when you say it eventually becomes a part of who you are that seems to be something that's at least becoming increasingly popular anyway like it just becomes a part of you as opposed to like something that you do is there is there something that you could maybe talk to us along those lines like how how the things that you've learned from being in the army and sort of moving forwards from there is there anything that you could maybe think about when it comes to something that maybe was difficult for you but then because you were consistent, because it was important to you, because you focused on those little steps every day, that it did just become a part of who you were. Yeah. So when I was deployed in the army is a great example. I mean, it was all about routine. Like our day, I don't know if, you know, there's a movie over here uh, called Groundhog's Day and uh, where it was just the same day over, he woke up and he was just in the same day every, every day. And that's, that's really how it was for us in Kuwait when we were deployed. And so, you know, we went, we went to work and came back from work every single day, the same time uh, we had the routine to come back and talk to our family, go get something to eat. We'd go work out, uh, come back, watch a movie or two, and then go to bed and do it all over again, literally for 12 months. And, and it was just this foundation of these strong routines that, that uh, led me to being in the best shape of my life coming, coming back from that. And then, uh, and then to go home and to, just basically 
um, let go of all that and, and go into the downward spiral that I already talked about. And then, uh, and then to come back, you know, three, three and a half years ago when, when I realized that what was going on wasn't working for me and that I wanted something different and to plug into uh, the system that I talked to you about um, really got me back on track to where I want to be. And so, you know, f- for us, we call our daily ATMs or actions that matter, just the simple, small steps that we take on a daily basis to set us up for success throughout the rest of our day. So I'm making sure that I meditate every day, that I work out every day, um, you know, that I move my body basically, um, that I'm sending and investing in my, my sending messages and investing in my relationships inside of my marriage and inside of uh, the relationship that I have with my kids, that I'm present with them when I'm with them and, and not distracted or thinking about work or on my phone. Uh, and that I'm, um, yeah, and then I'm just taking time for me. I'm, I'm I read or I'll journal, and just just for a little bit each and every day, and it just continues to build that foundation for me um, to be present and to to really be mindful of of what it is that I want to keep that what I want, the life that I want, the relationships that I want, the money that I want to make, the connection that I, that I desire with my God and, and all that together just uh, helps me to stay on the path that I'm on because no matter where you're at in life, you can get derailed really easy if you lose sight of it all. Or if you, or if you think that you're good and that you got it figured out and that you don't need to do it any longer, um, it doesn't take long for you to, to uh, regress back to your old self. Yeah, for sure. I would. I completely echo that. I mean, it seems like the the stronger you are, and the I guess that the more you more the more influence you have over yourself and the way that you carry yourself and the way that you th- you think and feel and all those things, it can definitely make you less likely to be derailed. For sure. One of the one of the things that stands out for me, at least, just while we've been talking over the past maybe half an hour now, is the fact that you focus quite a lot on yourself physically as well so you, you do all the, the endurance events you mentioned Ironmans and things before we, we started the recording so you seem to spend a lot of time working on yourself physically whether that be strength or endurance or or otherwise how important would you say that was so I'm, I'm conscious that we're moving sort of into a different part of our conversation now so we're kind of moving away from the mental side a little bit and talking a bit more about the physical but how important would you say that was and what sort of benefits would you say that you've derived from it over time yeah i would say you know for me that in a way it's kind of my my driver right like the physical piece the having something to train for uh, a, a reason for me to get up and, and get out and work out every single day and to push myself. Um, and I see it really carry over to the other areas of my life. And, and I do, I, I, I sign up for, for events that, that are extremely physically challenging. Um, I have, I signed up again for another hundred mile race because I wasn't successful here a few weeks ago and, and coming up July 28th and it, again, for a few reasons. Number one, I want to go out and finish what I actually said I was going to do. Um, number two, it, it, uh, it scares me a little bit to go out and attempt these big events and big feats. And it also forces me to, if I want to be successful, to go out and put the work in so that I can accomplish it. And then, and so through doing this, 
if I, if I still want to have the relationships that I desire with my wife and my kids and I want, and I still want to be successful in what I do inside of my business, I need to be very disciplined in when I'm going to get my training in because I don't want it to take time and energy away from the other areas as well. And so by continually going after these big physical events or experiences requires me to do a lot of work, but it also requires me to um, be detailed and, and, and uh, intentional in when I'm going to do it because, you know, I'm training a, f- a few hours a day at a minimum, um, you know, to, to train for a hundred mile run or to train for something like a coral or, you know, when you talk about training for an Ironman, um, which I did that in 2008, um, you know, there are guys that train three, four, five hours a day f- when they're training, uh, hardcore inside of, uh, Ironman training. And so, yeah, so I continue to do those things because, and it also, you know, to push yourself physically, there's so many lessons that are learned that apply to all of the areas of our life. And so I just take all of those experiences and those lessons that I get inside of the physical realm of my, my, uh, my body and my fitness and my nutrition. And, and there's a ton of carryover um, to the other areas for me. And so that's, that's the reason I enjoy doing, doing that. And it feels good to, it feels good to, to accomplish these, these feats, if you will, or these experiences. Let's, let's not kid ourselves. Like it feels good to finish a hundred mile run and be like, wow, I just did that. Like, cause there was a time in, in my life not that long ago where I thought two or three miles was, was a physical feat. And it is for a lot of people. You just have to start where you, you are. Like I don't compare myself to anyone else, but myself, like I'm competing against myself and trying to get a little bit better. And so, yeah, that's, that's the purpose behind why I continue to push and, and sign up for these, these big events physically is because, um, you know, there's a lot of carryover for me into the other areas of my life as well. What sort of areas do you notice it carry over into? So I'm someone that exercises quite a lot as well. So I know I've got my own views on this, but um, what sort of areas would you say the physical side carries over? And what what's your, because you, you probably do a lot more than the most in terms of the physical. So is, is there, is it a benefit to doing more like is, is it a benefit to go from like 50 miles to 100 miles is it a benefit from training three or four times a week or five times a week to training every day or twice a day is it a benefit that you get like almost like the the more that you do it and would you say the carryover was more as well i know there's like three or four questions in that so <laughs> so you just tackle them as as much as you want yeah, so I, I I definitely think that there's 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 a point of diminishing return, right? Like I don't know necessarily that you would have to go from 50 to to 100, um, and some would probably argue that you know the training that could be required for a hundred mile, depending on how how competitive you're trying to be um, long term, might not be great for your body. Um, I've always been one uh, to to kind of live by the less is more inside of physical training number one because i don't want to work out four to five hours a day like i said i I do want to spend time with my wife and my kids i do uh i do want to be good at what it is that i do inside of my my business and not take from that 
uh, as well as a coach and leading others and, and uh, helping them to get to where they want to go. And so I always listen to my body, number one, and I probably take more rest than most, especially uh, inside of training for these types of, of events. And the mental aspect of it um, is where I, I, I seem to thrive as well. And so when I'm out training, um, you know, I'm kind of seeking the pain and discomfort because I know that on the other side of the pain is, is, is really what we call the prize or the paradise. It's, it's what we want. And so we need to do hard things every single day to, to get what, what it is that we want. And, uh, you know, it gives me a lot of time on my own when I'm running out for two, three, four, five hours, six hours on some of the longer run days that we'll do. Um, there's a lot of time for me to connect, um, to God, connect to myself and just, uh, listen and be in my own head with my own thoughts and, uh, gives me space so that I can be present um, when I'm in conversations inside of my business, when I'm, when I'm having conversations with my wife or my kids. Um, so the, there's, there's all of that carryover there um, as well. So you're saying that there's, there's almost a point where you can do too much and you end up with this diminishing return. How, how far would you say that goes in terms of the, the business side? I'm conscious of the time, so we could probably go on for a lot longer than this. But would you say that there was like a perfect amount of <clears throat> actions or a perfect amount of commitment or consistency? Is it a case of... Is it just a case of monitoring yourself enough so that you're aware of what your limitations are before you then find out what your sweet spot is, or is there a bit more to it? Well, I think there's, I think there is, there's like a minimum required, right? There's always going to be this minimum required. It's going to be different for everyone, but it's going to be pretty similar too. Um, and again, depending on how aggressive you're trying to be, how competitive you're trying to be, like, I'm not trying to win a hundred mile races. I'm just trying to, f to finish at this point or, or finish right. comfortably. Um, yeah. but at the same time, yeah, there's a minimum amount I know that I need to do. I need to be out running really at a minimum, at least for an hour a day. And then, uh, you know, inside of the running world, you, you start to find out that most, most runners will run an hour to two hours a day, and then they're doing a, a long run every week, uh, four, five, six hours. And so I, I kind of look at those as like your, the minimums, right? And, and at the same time, being in tune with your body and just listening, listening. That's the hardest thing for people to do is, especially when you're new and you're fresh is, is you, you, you see results early because it's so new and so fresh that, yeah, of course you, you lose 10 or 20 pounds within the first month because you're making drastic changes in, in, in how you eat. Or of course you're going to get strength gains really fast in the beginning and they're going to start to, you know, top off uh, once you've been doing it for a while because it's so new. And, uh, and, but yet they might push themselves too hard or they'll, the CrossFitter that starts two or three days a week and then falls in love with it. And all of a sudden he's shown to up to the gym every single day, uh, coming off the couch, playing video games and eating potato chips, not listening to his body. And then, uh, two months later he's hurt and has to sit out for six months and maybe he never comes back to the gym because he was so 
motivated to get in there because of some of the results that he saw, but he, he ignored the signs of his body telling him to slow down a little bit. And so, you know, it's just hard for people to slow down and I can understand that, you know, cause I'm a competitive guy. I've always been in athletics, been active for most of my life. And, and it's, you know, we think that the gains are going to go away like uh, overnight if we take a day off. And so it's really just trusting the system and the process for me and, and listening and being okay with it. What we say is, uh, you know, I have nothing about it. If I have to take a day off, it's okay. And really it's going to benefit me in the long run. So it's, it's easier said than done, but, but yeah, truly listening to your body and, and, uh, you know, easing back or taking a day off when, when you think you need to. All right. Sounds good. Well, we are getting close to the end now, so we probably have maybe two or three more questions. But before we get to those, if someone wanted to find out a bit more about you and the, the programs that you've got going on, this is your chance to share website links and social media as well. So, Nate, you can go for it. Yeah, so you can find out more about me and the programs uh, that I'm a part of inside of what we say, uh, Man Wealth, Shield Maiden, and uh, Pro Rev Live at natebaileyspeaks.com. Uh, you can also go check out prorevlive.com um, to, to check that out as well. That's in Dallas, Texas, coming up October 25th through the 27th. And it's a powerful uh, experience. And it, it lays out all the principles that we live by, the path that I was talking about just here inside of this uh, podcast and, and how we live intentionally every single day. Uh, we go through everything and, and, and uh, don't hold anything back inside of those three days. It's a powerful experience. And so I'd uh, encourage anyone that's interested to check that out. ProRev.com. ProRevLive, excuse me, .com. No problem. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure a lot of people will be at least interested to find out a bit more about that. All right, last question for you. And I ask everyone this. So we've had some funny answers all the way to serious and it doesn't have to be related to what we've said. So it could be anything at all. And the, the question is, what would you like the world to know about you that it doesn't already know? Oh, wow. That's a good question. <laughs> um, yeah, I did, you know, the biggest thing for me, I don't know, nothing uh, earth shattering or, or uh, newsworthy here is just that I live what I teach and I just want others to go out and, and do the same and create the life for themselves that they want. Um, it, and it's not easy. And just, so just, just know that if you can, if you can take simple steps every single day, um, you know, it is truly possible and, and to just go out and live it, uh, just like I do. That's the biggest thing. That's the secret to my success. I'm just, uh, too, too, uh, stubborn to quit. And so I just keep moving every single day. And so that's, that's the secret to my, uh, success or results that I have in my life, if you will. Well, that's a very, very good way to end. Nate, thanks for being a guest on the show. Um, for listeners, make sure you share this out. Make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss out on any of the future guests. Nate, thanks again for being a guest, and I'm sure we'll keep in touch. Thank you. I appreciate it.